Welcome back to STEM Fatal, your women in science history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Emlyn Gremlin. (laughs) And I'm your other co-host, Dr. Emma Dilemma, stirring up trouble. (laughs) That actually leads directly into what I'm going to talk about today, Uh, your troublesomeness. Oh, what? Mine? Uh, Well, not you specifically, just trouble. Oh, oh! I'm so curious what that could possibly mean. Uh, I'm going to read you a something. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. I'm ready. Double, double, toil and trouble. Ooh. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn and cold and bubble. Double, double, toil and trouble, something wicked this way comes. Spooky. This, this is our this is our intro to I tried to do a Halloween episode. I totally forgot it was October. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't, but I forgot you know. It's very hard to find yeah. Halloween themed historical women in science. Yes. You know I think when I tried to look one up last year, it was like Oh, crazy women in science. I was like, oh, I don't think I should go down this road. (laughs) I was looking up like creepy women in science. I was like, that's not good either. (laughs) No. (laughs) Neither avenue shall we travel. Yeah, so I tried to find the topic. That's how I talk now. (laughs) Scary, not the women being scary. That seems like a better. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. So is this uh, a chemist? Um. In a way, yes. Someone who brews potions? Yes. A, uh, okay, a mixologist, perhaps? No, that would be good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, today we're going to go right, way yeah. back in history to ancient Egypt. Mm. Ooh. And we're not going to be talking about witches. Right. But instead, we're going to talk about another type of occult science. What? What is it? Do you want to guess what it is? Mummies? (laughs) No. In Egypt. (laughs) Alchemy! Yeah, of course. I'm like, mummies? After you talk about mixing things together. (laughs) (laughs) You mix bits of mummy together. I mean, they had to make, like, yeah, so we're gonna be- whatever the bombing liquid was, so, you know, embalming. That's true, yeah. that's true. Anyway, sorry, yeah. alchemy, that's cool. No, we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about alchemy. <clears throat> yeah. So, we're gonna be talking about Mary the Jewess Oh, yeah, today. I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was telling you before the episode that, like, there's a lot I don't know about her. Yeah. She doesn't, there's no text of hers. Right. So, it's all, you know, secondhand accounts, and there are... Mostly just about her science. Yeah, and so. I think I think I started researching her once and, like, you know, or at least looked into researching her. And from what I could tell, there's a lot of, like, accounts about her, 
but it's hard to tell if they're mm-hmm. even all about the same person, right? Like, she's almost yes, this, yeah. like, mythical representation, maybe, of, like, a few different women of the time, maybe, or just one. It's Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Yeah. So, we could be talking about one alchemist or many, yeah. but we're going to go with one yeah. for today. <laughs> That's cool. I'm excited. Yeah, so there's not as much on her, so... I figured I would go back and talk a little bit about what alchemy is yeah. and why it has some relevance to science. Cool, sounds and good. And then we'll talk about what she Yeah. Did. Cool. Yeah. So alchemy essentially is based on the supposed transformation of matter. Mm. So it's this ancient, both kind of philosophical and proto-scientific tradition. Okay. That was practiced all over from, like, Europe to Africa and Asia. Mm -hmm. And it originated in the Greco-Roman Egypt, where we're going to be focused on today. Very cool. In the first few centuries AD. Wow. Alchemists attempted to purify, mature, and perfect, like, certain materials. That was kind of their goal. And most specifically, they tried to convert lesser metals, like lead and you know, those ugly metals into gold. Oh, okay, cool. That was kind of like their main jam. (laughs) And (laughs) it was believed that they could gain wisdom beyond, like, human limitation through this process of alchemy and create things that would Mm -hmm. be help them be enlightened, like the Philosopher's Stone, which is what J.K. Rowling based her... You know, first book. Yeah, off of. right. Though in America, it's called the Sorcerer's Stone it's for no reason stone, whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> because they thought like Amer- Americans <laughs> wouldn't be interested in philosophy. I know. But yeah, it's just <laughs> so like stupid. Americans are too stupid. Too I think is what they thought. To know. Which is like, okay, thanks. Yeah. We like won't read the back of the book. We'll just see Philosopher's Stone and be like, I don't want to read a book about philosophers. <laughs> Because yeah, we're dumb exactly. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so the Philosopher's Stone was originally believed to be able to turn these base metals into gold. So it was like, once you had that, you could make all the gold. And they also, one of the things they wanted to do was make like the elixir of life that could, you know, heal all sorts of illnesses ah, and keep people alive. Cool. Yeah, of course. And Nicholas Flamel, like the actual... <laughs> He was also an alchemist, and he was interested in finding the elixir of life. So, like, a lot of J.K. Rowling stuff is drawn on. I didn't um, know he was a real like, guy. Like, true people and true... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicholas Flamel is a real real dude. Yeah, well... Was a real dude. Well, the real Nicholas Flamel did not find the elixir of life, as far as I know. No, Otherwise, did not. we'd still know who he is. <laughs> yeah, he'd still be, like, chomping around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so both of those items were kind of the goals of alchemy because they thought it would bring them closer to divinity and all that stuff. So although alchemy was long considered pseudoscience, like when you think of alchemy, I don't think you think of, you know, rigorous science. Yeah. A lot of people thought of it akin to like witchcraft and magic in the 1980s. Some revisionist scholars such as Dr. Lawrence Principe, I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah, that sounds familiar. He began to argue 
Yeah, he began to argue that alchemists had actually made significant contributions to the development of science yeah. and chemistry. Okay, cool. And so, yeah. And so historians of science such as Lawrence set out to try and translate and decipher these alchemist texts to try to provide evidence that they had actually kind of had a rigorous scientific process and were providing new knowledge about metals and chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it isn't, you know, I don't know how much alchemists used even the scientific method, but they still discovered new things, Yeah, I don't think. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just mixing things, right? (laughs) Like burning things. Yeah, they're just mixing things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But... In opposition to how science is done today, where we try to like we try to make methods as easy to follow <clears throat> and reproducible as possible, right. that's kind of the goal of science. Yeah. Alchemists were obsessed with secrecy. Oh. A lot of the times, it was illegal to be an alchemist or to produce gold. They couldn't actually produce gold through alchemy, oh. but like it was illegal to try to do that yeah. or to say that you were doing mm-hmm. that. Um, and so, throughout history, alchemy was often um, very secretive. Hmm. And so also the idea of being able to create gold from lesser metals threatened a lot of like politicians and powerful figures. So they tried to like clamp down on alchemy. That's funny. And so all these recipes that the alchemists were making of like how to brew the elixir of life or convert gold from things, all of that were very secretive. And so in order to do this, they used a lot of, like, metaphorical terms oh my to refer to elements and chemicals uh-huh. that, like, then uh, scholars today are trying to figure out, like, what the heck do you mean by a cold dragon who creeps in and out of caves? <laughs> what do you think? What kind of chemical do you think that is? Mm, silver. Mm, it's potassium nitrate. Oh. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> you fool. A cold dragon. I wonder so, what the dragon... A co- I mean, how do they even keep track of all that stuff? I don't know. But yeah, so... <laughs> Potassium nitrate. Like, historians oh, okay. of science have just been, like, trying to figure out and decipher this. And so it's very laborious. Yeah, I bet. Um, I'm sure it would be kind of fun, Lawrence, like, code-breaking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a strange code-breaking. Yeah. But Lawrence... Uh, Prince Principe, he cobbled together a recipe for this thing called the Philosopher's Tree, which is supposed to be a precursor to the Philosopher's Stone. That's cool. And so he cobbled this recipe together from all these scraps of alchemist texts. And according to the directions, you add like a seed of gold to mercury and then you bury it in a sealed flask in like a heated water bath. Oh. And it's supposed to produce a tree of gold. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm envisioning just like, yeah, like those little, like a tributary sort of thing, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. And so, like, Lawrence went and actually, like, he's a chemist by training, so he went uh, and uncovered the flask, or like, he he did this recipe to try to see what actually happened. Yeah. He followed the recipe. And when he uncovered the flask, he found this glittering and fully formed tree (gasps) of gold. Wow. That's really cool. So this, it, it hadn't actually turned other metals into gold, but the mixture of mercury and gold 
uh, had grown and branched into this kind of like coral like structure. Uh huh. And it gave the illusion that there was more gold than there was before from that little right. piece of gold you added. I see. Yeah. This is kind of just a demonstration of they were producing very interesting chemical reactions yeah. and like, you know, changing metals right. in w- weird f- in their form and stuff like that. So they were doing these reproducible kind of scientific things. They just weren't doing what they thought they were doing. They thought they were transfer transforming things into gold. Yeah, they thought they were instead like instead they making, were just transferring yeah, more gold than they more, had. Yeah. yeah, which Yeah. It's not possible. Um <laughs> But yeah, so they were conducting these like kind of scientific experiments and they were, you know, recording their methods and producing new information about how metals interact. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. So that's kind of the background. So why alchemy is actually, you know, we can consider it kind of proto-chemistry. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk about our lady, Mary the Jewess. Nice. She's also known as Mary the Prophetess. She has like a bajillion yeah, names. Yeah, right. Which is why I think people aren't sure if it's actually one right, person. exactly. Or multiple. Mm-hmm. But we're going to, because there's not much information, if it was multiple ladies, we wouldn't have enough information to do. Yeah. Um, to talk about them much. So we're just going to assume it's one, but you, it might be multiple, but we're going to talk all about all yeah, of it today. Yeah, that makes sense. Usually we start out these episodes with like, she was born in this uh, yeah. year. Well, I can say she was born between the f- first and third centuries. Oh AD. my god! So that's, like not- that's not even close <laughs> to specific. The- <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there's some uh, wiggle room yeah, for some uh-huh. of us. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but she is considered to be the first true alchemist of the Western world. Wow. Not even the first so, yeah. woman alchemist, but the first. No. That's awesome. First, first. Go Mary. Yeah. That's cool. Go Mary. So the reason why we don't have a better understanding of like when she was born is that the primary source of a lot of this information about Mary the Jewess is, and like what she contributed to alchemy is from this Egyptian alchemist, Zosimos of Panopolis, okay. who was from the fourth century. And so he wrote about her being like, you know, this wise, you know, <laughs> Mary the Jewess, yeah. like has done all these things. But like, it's very unclear how far, like, in the past this is from. Sounds a lot like so. another popular book. <laughs> I'm talking about the Bible. <laughs> oh, yes. No. <laughs> What if this guy was, like, attempting a second Bible, kind of? Like, look, she Ooh. could turn this into that. and <laughs> and it, But, you know, it's not well, written uh, during her lifetime, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- no, it is funny. There's, like, I, I don't get into this, but there's so much, like, lore about her. Yeah. And, like, she was, they say she was, like, a mentor for all these people. Right. That- there's, like, some things where, like, she interacted with Jesus, and you're like, what? what? That's crazy. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of things. There so were I just tried a to... lot of Marys at that time, and, like, all these people, like, I know, oh, I also... know a Mary who did this. Oh, wait, maybe it's the same Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> everyone just thinks. I feel like later on, everybody was like, well, there can't be that many, like, women that are you know right intelligent yeah. so it must we have to attribute everything to this one one woman, person right that makes more sense to us yeah totally than a lot of accomplished 
women. Yeah, there can't be Anyways. more than one, so it must all be the same no. Mary. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Okay. So from our understanding of kind of what Mary did, it seemed that the alchemy she was interested in was a lot less philosophical and uh-huh. or religious and much more scientific. Okay. She was focused on creating like apparatuses to conduct experiments on chemical compounds and metals. Cool. Um, so she was kind of akin to like a chemical engineer. Nice. A, a bit more. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And Mary during her time, or I guess when she was being written about was a respected female scientist and this actually wasn't quite as unusual as you might think mm-hmm. during this time. Okay. Like Egyptian women were the ones who developed the process, the chemical process for brewing beer. Wow, right. Um, and women were actually, in most regards, totally equal to men mm-hmm. um, in Egypt at this time. Okay. So they were equal as far as laws were concerned. So they could own property, borrow money. Sign contracts, initiate divorce, Mm -hmm. appear in court. Like, that's interesting. So, them also being scientists wasn't as like, oh, what? Yeah, not so. It seemed like, oh, yeah, she's a respected scientist. She's doing all this cool stuff. And I, I, if you're like really interested either about the how Egyptian women were making brewing and start like initiated the process of making beer or more about like Egyptian women in general. Um, there's a really good podcast called the Explorers Podcast, mm. and they have like a whole kind of mini series on oh, uh, Egyptian awesome. women, and it's like funny and yeah, uh, yeah, it's funny and it's yeah, it's interesting. And she has a whole episode on uh, beer making, cool in ancient Egypt. That's so cool. Yeah, 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 it's fun. So none of Mary's own, she, like she had a bunch of writings. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, but none of them have survived. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> we only know about the writings that she supposedly did based on the writings of other people. You know, it's like, it gets complicated. Yeah, like, where, how do they know there were writings then? They just saw her writing things? I think their her writings were out there okay. for quite a while, gotcha. but they, they don't exist anymore. Okay, interesting. So I think during the times people were writing, her writings were probably also, like, circulating. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all of her contributions are based on kind of snippets from other people's writings. Okay. So this is what we know. This is what we think we know. <laughs> uh, we know Mary lived in Egypt... And invented processes and apparatuses for chemistry that were used for centuries. Wow. So, uh, for instance, Zosimos mentions Mary in his description of a bunch of different uh, chemical devices. Though sometimes her role isn't clear, like whether or not she was just a pioneer of using it or whether she made that apparatus. Mm -hmm. But it's thought that she contributed to the creation of this apparatus called the Tribicos, which is a device composed of two vessels connected by a tube and it's used to purify substances through distillation okay yeah she's thought to be the first person to create something that can be used to distill wow that's pretty cool yeah Mm Hmm. so similar devices to the one that she created was used for chemistry for distilling like up until this point like we use similar yeah right 
And distillation at that time was like a key stage of alchemy to transform base metals into gold. But now, like, we use it, like, you can thank her for your whiskey, for your, I don't know, ethanol, for your vodka. Oh. What else do we distill? Um, your, your, your fragrant scents, your, your water, essential I oils. I think you distill those. <laughs> so we have distilled water. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, yeah, so all of that. Whenever you see the word and distilled, you should say thank, thank you, of Mary. Mary. Just out loud. Take a shot. Wherever you are. Yes. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> uh and so so Zosimos credits her uh for this instrument mm-hmm. and he describes it um in this one document. He says, It rises from earth to heaven and descends again to earth, thereby combining within itself the powers of both the above and the below. Oh, so it's like the okay. most complicated description. <laughs> Of distilling. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I don't think that would fly in a scientific paper these days. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's very obtuse. I like it. Um, it's going to the yeah. heavens, you know? Like, she literally l- figured out how to send chemicals to the heavens and make them come back. Mm-hmm. As liquid gold. <laughs> liquid gold, yes. <laughs> so funny. Um. Okay, and then Mary's also credited with inventing and describing this this apparatus and process known as kerotakis, uh, kerotakis, oh. which is a device used to heat substances uh, and to collect vapors. Oh, okay, so it's cool. This, like, yeah, airtight container with a sheet of copper on its upper side, and when it works properly, it it the joints form this like tight vacuum. Okay. And so then you can use that, the sealed containers to like extract the vapors. Yeah. I feel like I'm picturing things that I used in organic chemistry lab, you know? I mean, I'm sure they've mm-hmm. changed a lot over the years, but I think I get it. Yeah. The use of these like sealed containers in the hermetic arts, which is what kind of alchemy fits into oh, during that okay, time, okay. led to the term hermetically sealed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Medically sealed. Yeah. Okay. And so this instrument was later modified um, to create an extractor that's used in chemistry a lot called the sock slit extractor. But so it's still <laughs> a very similar apparatus yeah. is used in chemistry today. Okay, cool. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then most famously, Mary created a high heat double boiler. <gasps> Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Um, I'll stop singing now. Uh, So it's a double boiler or water, also known as like a water bath, which is used in chemistry and cooking today. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so yeah, I use water baths all the time. A double boiler is essentially like you have a one container that has water that you're heating up and then in a center container is where you either have, like, your metals or your chocolate or whatever you're trying to yeah, melt. your DNA. But, yeah, your DNA, whatever <laughs> you want, where you don't want it to get too hot. And so a double boiler, like, keeps it war- like, keeps it hot, but at a very consistent temperature because the water absorbs so much heat. So it's, like, a kind of soft way to heat things, like a controlled soft way to heat things. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow, so um, I'm surprised, like, someone invented that, you know? It just seems like, yeah. uh, 
you know, at any point in time, someone could have just put a pot in another pot of water, you know? You'd think that, <laughs> but no, apparently not. That's so cool. Yeah. But so, like, you can tell that, like, her invention of this kind of remains in the name of the double boiler in various countries. Okay. So, in the Romance languages, the double boiler is called the Bon Marie. Oh, wow. And and I think in Spanish, it's called the Baño uh, Maria. Oh, okay. Wow. Which is, you know, after her name. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. All right. The Mary Bath. Uh, the Mary Bath. Exactly. Yeah. But apparently, there's also a French slang term called femme au bon mari which means an empty-headed pretty woman oh i.e a woman with a double boiler for a head oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't find very much information about that but what an insult though french people tell me if that's true yeah you ever called someone a femme au bon mari that's pretty funny i want to know i you know and that's something you would kind of just use every day not really know like Wait, why do we call people this? Like, Bon Marie? Like, <laughs> like we're just one yeah, of I don't those know phrases. How yeah, it is. right. That's funny. I wonder, I do wonder if anybody still uses that insult. Mm hmm. I hope so. Yeah, it's a Can good I, one. Do I hope so? I'm not sure. It's a good one. Yeah. So, although we don't have any texts from her, we do have some quotes attributed to her. Okay. So credit to Mary is the idea that alchemy was like sexual reproduction. Oh, weird. With different metals being female and male. Oh, okay. And she believed that you could transform base metals into gold this way. And the quote, this famous quote Uh, apparently from her is, uh join the male and the female and you will find what is sought. (laughs) Oh my gosh. like, I don't know. I don't know why that's something that they're like yes yes we must quote her (laughs) maybe Uh, i don't get it that's funny well i mean you could use it out of context not to talk about metals just (laughs) like maybe it's just a good phrase in general yeah of course maybe she just said that a lot like you know Mm -hmm. it's one of join the male and the female and you will find what is sought (laughs) that's so weird a child a good time yeah um I don't know. I don't know what else. <laughs> Chill. Uh, it's, pro- it's probably, those are kind of the two options. Yeah, right, right. Bad time, maybe. Uh, Hopefully not. A bad time. <laughs> There's also a famous and highly confusing axiom of Mary. Oh. Uh, which is one becomes two, two becomes three, and out of the third comes the one as the fourth. Comes the one as the fourth. Maybe it's like it all goes back around, like you can make. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to refer to like a cyclical chemical process. Right. Yeah. It's just a complicated way of saying. But I don't that. know why we need to. I don't know why that's like a famous quote. Uh-huh. Like. It, <laughs> well. Anyways, I'm gonna start those, saying these that. These are the quotes. Yeah. Yeah. One becomes two. Two becomes three. And out of the third comes the one as the fourth. Comes the one. It rolls as off the, the tongue. Fourth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the third I mean, this one, is a translation. Okay. So the third one turns back into the first one, and then it's the fourth thing that you made, I guess. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Got it. 
You're on it. <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, cool. And then, so those are her main contributions, but then there's things that are also attributed to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was, as we were kind of talking about before, it's unclear if this is the same Mary. Yeah. But I'll mention them anyways. Yeah, do so, it. Mary is said to have discovered hydrochloric acid, but this isn't widely accepted in science textbooks. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a little unclear. Weird. She did invent a variety of different glassware to use for experiments. Yeah, that's in addition cool. to the the various like Bon Marie, right, right, uh, Caratacus stuff like that. Yeah, and. Then apparently Mary was a teacher of Democritus, which was a who was a famous like pre-Socrates philosopher. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, and then did he also do Mary, alchemy? Then I guess I don't know. Okay, okay. I think he was maybe more of the philosophical side. I know yeah. he's a philosopher. I don't think he was an uh, alchemist. Okay. But then um, Mary's also cited as one of the 52 most famous alchemists um, and was known for preparing a purple dye that's used for painting. Like one of the few people. Okay. Do that. She's also attributed with being one of the few people who can, uh, ha- has knowledge of the philosopher's stone. I think that's probably not true <laughs> because I don't think, that's really <laughs> I don't funny. think you can just yeah. um, turn things into gold. Oh my gosh. But I also like that there are f- supposedly 52 famous alchemists. I I'm know. like, I can't yeah, the 10th century. one other alchemist. <laughs> uh, there was actually Isaac Newton. Oh, he's an alchemist? Was, yeah, there was like, I was looking at it as surprising. Let me double check. I guess I just wouldn't have considered him an alchemist, but, you know, maybe he is. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the people who we do consider scientists based a lot of their things off of alchemy and then, you know, went into something that we now consider physics or something we now consider chemistry. Um, But a lot of it was drawing on the ideas of alchemists at the time. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So from kind of all of this hodgepodge of information that we have, it's clear that Mary, the Jewess was an impressive scientist creating a lot of things that we still use today for chemistry. Right. But it is unclear whether or not Mary was one person or then many successful female yeah. alchemists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does seem that potentially, like, rather than giving credit to many smart ladies, ancient alchemists and historians attributed all of these successes to just one infamous woman because that seemed to align more. I mean, with their it's kind only of logical. Thoughts on women. Know. <laughs> yeah, like. Maybe there's one outstanding woman, but, like, we can't have a bunch of just really solid, like, scientist women. (laughs) I bet. That doesn't make sense. I just imagine these conversations, like, yeah, I know this lady, she made a double boiler, and someone's like, oh, I know a lady who made, like, a triple boiler or something, you know? And then the other guy's like, like, they must be the same. Her name Mary? He's like, no, I think it's. Uh, Sandra, and then the first guy's like, I bet it's Mary. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like this part. Uh, yeah, I know a woman from the third century uh, <laughs> AD. I know a woman from the first century AD. They're probably the same. Yeah. Because <laughs> women live longer just than men, right? So. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so that's the story of Mary the Jewess. Yeah, that's and awesome. Her spooky research. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> Ooh, double, double Boil, boilers. <laughs> I know. In trouble. <laughs> I think that's probably our title, right? Yeah. <laughs> double, double boiler. Yeah, I love that. It's good. Yeah. Um, yep. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's I like it. I, yeah, I've been wanting to like. Yeah hear more about her for a while but i always kind of am like oh it's such an old story like it's hard to find just never know quite how to I put know. them together i know it gets together. so difficult yeah no yeah it's once you get farther back in time it's just so hard it's just so hard yeah there's just not enough information or things written about people really but yeah she seems cool i didn't know like anything about alchemy and it is interesting that a lot of it, I thought it was much more like witchcraft and it does seem like, yeah, they didn't have the right idea. Like they thought you could, you know, transform base metals into gold. Right. Actually, But like, actually you can by like bombarding. Yeah. With like uh, lasers or something. <laughs> well, yeah. Bombarding them with like a lot or what neutrons. Right. You know, you can change their atomic number yeah. and turn them into gold. They're just like very unstable. So like the idea that you could do that is not impossible. They right. just weren't going about were, it the right way. No, they didn't have the capabilities no. to do that at the time. No. And like, still you can't really do that. It's a very unstable thing. Yeah. But they were, you know, very scientific minded and were creating novel things. Yeah. Yeah. See in their pursuit yeah. of this uh you know philosopher's stone so it's interesting yeah aren't we all just pursuing the philosopher's stone though at the end of the day you we know are just, well i i'm more more the elixir of life than the philosopher's stone I need, <laughs> well i guess i do i do like that money right yeah so having a, a lot of gold would not be bad gold <laughs> oh that'd be a pain though okay. it's so heavy just give me money you know give me cash <laughs> I want the philosopher's stone that goes straight to to hard cash. <laughs> so funny. Or that like directly deposits into my bank account. Yeah. Is there a philosopher's stone that will do that? <laughs> Direct deposit philosopher's stone. All right. All right. Should we I love it. Should we do our our women who work? Work 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 work. All right, this is our Women Who Work section where we give shout-outs to badass ladies today making history and science. <laughs> I think I said that a little backwards, yes. but it works. No, I, I liked it. You, you, you kept it fresh. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And it's very important. Switch up the order of words a tiny bit. Yeah, keep everybody on mm -hmm. their toes. Yes. Okay, so my shout-outs this week, you probably heard about this, Go to um, astronauts Christina Koch and Jessica Muir, who completed the first ever all-female spacewalk on Friday, October 18th. It finally happened. <laughs> it finally happened. After all the hubbub. They, they had suits the right size for women? <laughs> they somehow figured out uh. how to give them the right suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wasn't the person who, like, there's a command... 
Yeah, the uh, mission. There's somebody who's inside that kind of instructs them, and that was also Yeah, that was uh, Stephanie Wilson, and she was the voice of mission okay. control back on the ground, I think. Or is she also gotcha, in yes. space? Nice. I think she was back okay. in the U.S., but... Um, okay. But anyway, yeah, so the first ever all-female spacewalk, and, like, people have been doing spacewalks since the 60s, I'm pretty sure, um, mm-hmm. you know, the first woman to do a spacewalk, of course, was 20 years later <laughs> in the 1980s. Yeah. And then finally, was, this was... Was that Sally Ride? No, it was... Or was that somebody else? Um, it was a Russian woman whose name I forgot to write down. Okay. Yeah. But... We'll talk about her one day. Yeah, we will. And let's see, their mission was to replace a faulty battery charger in the International Space Station. And it took them almost seven or a little over seven hours. Um, And, you know, you see them floating around in space, right, on these spacewalks. And it looks kind of fun and easy. But I was reading that it's really one of the hardest things to do ever as an astronaut. And, like, really, yeah, requires, like, a ton of training. And um, it's really difficult, actually. Um, It's not just floating through space, like... (laughs) It looks like, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so some information on these ladies, on Christina and Jessica. Um, let's see. Jessica Muir, she, they both joined NASA in 2013 to begin their training to go into space, which they trained that. Then they trained, I guess, for like five or six years now before they actually went into space, yeah. which is so crazy. Um, before that, like a PhD. Yeah. Well, before that, Jessica Muir received her PhD in marine biology, (laughs) which is like, she's just getting all the PhDs kind of, um, yeah. And then worked as an aquanaut after that, which I totally forgot to look up what an aquanaut is. Do do you know? (laughs) It's like an astronaut, but Um, in the water, it's a person who swims underwater using an aqua lung. (laughs) I more that that gave me more questions than answers. Okay, okay. An aquanaut is any. This is Wikipedia. An aquanaut is any person who remains underwater, breathing at the ambient pressure for long enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, this is way too long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I don't know what the difference is. It's distinct from a submariner. I'm guessing it's just someone who scuba dives, but what's the difference between a scuba diver and an aquanaut? Oh, no. Okay, aquanaut is scuba. I think scuba counts. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Love it. I think scuba diving is a type of aquanaut. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but I just never heard an article use the word aquanaut instead of the more specific, like, scuba diving or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. And then, um, so, yeah, she worked for a while as a marine biologist and studied human physiology, I think, um, for a little while okay. before joining NASA. Christina Koch, or Koch, um, she has a master's degree in electrical engineering. And before she started training to be an astronaut, she engineered space instruments for NASA. So, they're both... Very cool. Yeah. Um, just two pretty cool ladies in science who got to do the space historical spacewalk together on Friday, 
you know, can't believe it took us till 2019 <laughs> for this I to know. happen, but it's good that it's happening at last. <laughs> yeah, better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's good, especially after the like almost spacewalk last time, which was infuriating, I where know. they're like, we don't have sizes for women. You're like, did you not think about this? I don't understand. Yeah, I read. You knew this was happening. I mean, they've tried to do so much like PR about that since. And some of it was Uh that like your weight changes in space. And maybe they had had suits that fit them before they went into space. Mm. And then, but it's also kind of like, and I guess they just can't take like, a lot of extra stuff like different size spacesuits in case someone's weight changes yeah. basically so on some level i get it but it's also you know a little bit like don't maybe just don't hype up that there's going to be an all-women spacewalk and then backtrack because of this kind of like silly issue you know i don't know. yeah yeah but yeah but i'm glad i'm glad it happened that's awesome yeah it's awesome so i love it yeah, that's my shout that's out. That's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Well, um, right now we're still doing a, it's not a drive. It's a plea <laughs> to fill out our <laughs> lovely, super short survey yeah. so we can see how to improve the pod. We've gotten some really great responses, get, got some good feedback, but uh, we'd love some more just to get a sense of our, our audience. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If people are interested in merchandise, if they want us to switch up the pod in any way. So please take the time. It's very short and go fill that out. As always, you know, we want to thank Caitlin Friesen for all our awesome Ooh, art. Yeah. And for Artichoke for our theme music. And we would like you <laughs> to go. Go stimulate, stimulate yourself. yourself.